Cade McNamara is the most indispensable Iowa Hawkeye player. Not only is he going to lead them to a Big Ten West championship, he's got a great chance to lead them to a Big Ten title. Iowa's first in 19 years. We break it down today on Locked On Hawkeyes. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. You can find us on Apple. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Hit a five-star review while you're there, or you can watch us on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. A lot going on in the world of Hawkeye athletics today. The Big Ten Track and field championships begin. We have the softball team. Their season came to a close uh, yesterday evening. Tough loss against Northwestern. We'll talk about that. Iowa baseball with a monster series going on with Michigan State. And you have all that. And, of course, the continued conversation about what is happening inside the gambling investigation at the University of Iowa, along with across the state at Iowa State University. Plenty to talk about, and we're going to talk some football today. We're going to take a look at the Big Ten odds yesterday. We talked about the win total, the over-under win total that is out there for M FanDuel. Today, we're going to talk about the Big Ten as a whole. I told you yesterday, every dayers, you remember this from yesterday, when we talked about this Iowa team, over seven and a half wins is an absolute lock in my mind. Unless something devastating happens injury-wise, I just don't see how it doesn't happen. The schedule easier this year, the players that they brought in, an offense that was his- historically inept a year ago and now what they're going to be. So we had that part of it. Division odds are not out, but Big Ten odds are, and we will get into that today. I think I was got a real chance of not only winning the West, but winning the Big Ten. We will talk about that. But at the top, do want to mention, I, I think at this point, probably does need to be a daily occur- occurrence for everydayers. If there is anything new in the gambling investigation, if I've heard anything new, I will pass it along to you. I'll be honest, it has gone absolutely bone dry. As we sit here on a Friday, Early in the week, had a lot of conversations, had a lot of contacts, more than I normally do, as we talked about as well. I am not a journalist. That's not kind of how I do things. I am an opinionator, and that's what I do. I give opinions on things. I'm not chasing stories. I'm not chasing leads. That is not what I do. But I happen to have a few contacts that had some information on this front. And maybe it's because of having to do with gambling, probably had something to do with it as well and my background. But overall, those conversations, Really nothing new to report. Reached out a couple of different times. Nothing new out there. Uh, talking to some people on the beat at both Iowa and Iowa State, they're getting the same kind of things. There just isn't a whole lot new out there. It's incredibly frustrating as we sit here and get ready for Iowa-Michigan State baseball to get started. And knowing that those guys, the four that were not in the dugout last week, we anticipate they will not be back out there against Sparty for this weekend and maybe for the rest of the season, but we don't have any kind of official word. One thing I did find interesting, though, on this front is this component, and that is that the coaches are kind of in the dark, too. You normally would anticipate with something like this, and how many times have we had the throwaway line? Well, Kirk Ferentz, Fran McCaffrey, Coach X, Coach Brands, on and on and on. They know everything that's happening in their program. 
And that goes across college sports. Not the case here. And being because it is an investigation by the DCI, I I think that's a part of it. Being completely in the dark about what it's coming from the NCAA. There was a murmur out there earlier in the week that Keaton Anthony believed, his family believed that they were going to hear something one way or the other regarding his eligibility. And that still has not come as we talked to you here on Friday afternoon. So that's the frustrating. And I think the interesting part is so normal for these coaches to know everything for all. Yes. They know most everything that is happening. Not the case right now. Tough spot for everybody to be again, as we get information though, we will pass that along to you. We're going to preview that series with Michigan state and do it anticipating. We're not going to see those four players out there for Iowa. We'll get into that a little bit later. And again, Iowa softball as their season comes to a close. Had a tough one against the number one team in the Big Ten, the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament, Northwestern. Played incredibly well at times, just fell short in that one. But I want to go to where I started today, and Iowa football. This Iowa football team that is going to be good. I don't think you can come up short of saying they're going to be devastated by injuries. I don't think you can come up with a realistic way why this team is not going to be at minimum good and good in the Iowa sense is a solid eight and four. That's about what you anticipate kind of going into a year, right? That's seven and five, eight and four. That's what Kirk Ferentz has built the consistency that year after year after year. And this is not something that happens in many programs across the country. Yes. You can hope to be Alabama. You can hope to be what Georgia has been. But those are programs that also had a lot of disappointment themselves during the last 25 years. And Iowa had lulls early on, obviously, in the Kirk tenure, the stepbacks that they had. Now, after the incredible run of three straight top 10 finishes, 2002, 2003, 2004, a little bit of a dip there in 06, 07, but then it built back up and a little bit of dip and built back up. Those dips have been few and far between. And Iowa's been bowl eligible now for every year except for one over what, the last 15 seasons? There are not many programs that can say that. All of our brethren around us? Minnesota, no. Nebraska, no. Even look at some power programs. Michigan hasn't had that. Michigan State certainly hasn't had that. Penn State hasn't had that. The consistency that Iowa has been able to maintain. But when the years set up like this, you have to take advantage. Iowa didn't take advantage of it back in 2018. That was a season that was custom made for them to make that run, to break through. And that is why the three years of Nate Stanley, we've talked about kind of the back and forth and the statistical profile. I think of the Stanley time, Brian Ferentz was the offensive coordinator. The offense looked really good at times, but there was also the component. It felt like they left some on the field. And that's where my frustration starts to grow during this run. We see all the numbers that stack up, right? Iowa over the last 5, 10, 15 years, whatever the different number, the different metric is, and how they stack up in the Big Ten, and how they stack up nationally in terms of wins. And that's all well and good. It makes you feel good. And you say, man, that's incredible that I was keeping that company. But I always say it feels like we left something there. We left something there because the offense couldn't get there. Only one time you can really point to a loss being pinned more than anything on the defense. And that was the Purdue game back, I think, in that 2018 season, if memory serves. That's about the only time. Yes, there are plays that defense doesn't make. Yes, there are special team mistakes that happen. But for the most part, it's about the offense. 
And this offense is going to be really good. And Cade McNamara is the difference. I want to talk a little bit more about Cade. Had an interesting conversation uh, with some people that were at the Polk County iClub. And something that was relayed to me about him. He's a different kind of quarterback. A different kind of guy than we've had here. Not physically. Not what he is as a football player. But more neat leadership qualities. And just built so differently than what I was had in a really long time. And there was a name that was thrown out there that got me a little bit excited. We'll do that as we continue here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Well, if you're looking for a delicious treat, but you're nervous, all the fat, the calories, I just want something tasty. Well, you want choices in your snacks? I got you covered. With Built, you got to try this. Built bars taste amazing and are healthy. So amazing. You don't even think that they're good for you. What makes them so good? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real dark chocolate and great flavors. They got churro. They got peanut butter brownie. How about cookies and cream? That one is my favorite. And I'm not sure how they do it, but they taste like a candy bar. I love candy bars. I mean, Snickers, whatchamacallit, they're all good, but nothing quite like this. Tell you, you get one of those, you're not getting 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. That's what you get in a built bar. You can still go online to built.com and get everything that they have in stock, but now you don't have to get online. Just go to your local Walmart, Sam's Club, and you can get your flavors there. Walmart, they have the four bar box of those cookies and cream. Yeah. Double chocolate or coconut puff. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, they got the big box. I think that's what they do at Sam's Club. A 13 bar box with our hip flavors, brownie batter puff and churro puff. Who those puffs? So, so good. You can thank me later. Trent kind of continuing with you here on Locked On Hawkeyes. As always, thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. So, Kid McNamara comes in here. Remember him two years ago from the Big Ten Championship game. He is not a real big guy. 6'1", 215. Even a tick shorter than kind of what we've been used to recently at the Iowa quarterback position. Not big, not athletic, and after the knee injury, what little mobility that he had. I shouldn't say little mobility because he's he's shifty. He can move. He's not going to be a guy. He's not going to scamper 80 yards for a touchdown, right? <laughs> that's that's not what you're going to see from Cade McNamara. But he does have pocket awareness. And if the pressure's there, he steps up in the pocket, sees nothing open, he can step out there and he can pick up five yards for you. He, he can move the pocket to the outside and actually run forward and pick up a first down something that we certainly haven't seen over the last three years very often. You have that component. But as I mentioned, talking to some people that were talking to some higher-ups the other night, and how it was really me is these leadership qualities that Cade McNamara has. It's not I, – I, I want to find the correct way to frame this because I don't want to just continually dog Spencer Petrus because we know about the limitations he had as a quarterback. He just wasn't good. But people in the program loved him. People rallied for him. I I talked to people, and I'm not a beat writer. I'm not on the Iowa beat. Yes, I talk about Iowa every day, but I don't go to press conferences. I I don't cover it that way. And because of that, there are things that I think I can do a little bit better. I can be a little bit more raw because I talked to a couple of beat writers about Petrus. And one thing that they mentioned 
as they were just all rooting for him so much because he was such a good guy. And for what I do and giving opinions in the fashion that I do, there's a part of me that doesn't want to have it kind of tainted by that because there are people, right? <laughs> there are people. And us as fans, I know I fall into this from time to time where you don't think of it that way. And there are so many people that were they're hoping for him because he was a good kid. He was a good young man, and they wanted to see him finally break through. And last summer, when people were saying, oh, boy, he had a really good offseason, you're going to – and I didn't buy it because my eyes weren't tainted about the want to, wanting to see a guy succeed. Wrapping all that together, Petrus was a good leader, but I think there was a part of the program, too, that also because he was a good dude, they just wanted him to be a good leader. I, was he a guy that ever rallied the troops? Was he ever a guy that put, hey, hop on my back. I'm a Twins fan. Kirby Puckett, 1991, going into game six. Hop on my back. I'm carrying you guys. He said that before the game, and he did. He saves a game up against the plexiglass, robs a home run. Then he comes out there and hits a walk-off home run to force game seven. He could do that. Spencer Peters could. Cade McNamara can. And it's not just a leadership quality, saying the right things, getting everybody huddled up. But what Cade McNamara also brings is some swagger, some confidence, something that I was been missing. Over the last six years of quarterback play, Nate Stanley was talented, but he never had that. He was never certainly a guy that you talk about leadership qualities being at the top of game. He's a quiet kid, talented kid, but quiet. Spencer Petrus had the leadership quality, didn't have the physical traits necessary or the ability to take them from the practice field and put them into gameplay. We're talking about six years of quarterback. And I think it's just going to take one of those things. I think you're going to see this Iowa team play with a lot of confidence. And going back to when he made his commitment to Iowa, when he made his commitment and people said, why Iowa? And he said, please, just saying we're going to have the crappiest offense. And he didn't say crappy offense in college football. That swagger, that's something different. And I believe it can lead Iowa to heights that we haven't seen here in a really long time. Not just winning the Big Ten West. I think they have a chance to win this whole Big Ten. Here's the numbers right now. The over-under win totals. No surprise, at the top, you got Ohio State and Michigan. Ten and a half is their over-under, meaning if you bet the over, they have to be either 11-1 or 12-0 on the season. Penn State at 9.5. There's Wisconsin at 8.5, followed by Iowa, Maryland, and Minnesota. They're all sitting at 7.5, and, and then you work your way down from there. But that's not what I'm talking about is win totals. So Iowa to win a Big Ten championship for the first time since 2004. Two appearances in the title game. And even 2004 and 2002, we remember, those were shared titles. 2002, we didn't get the opportunity to play Ohio State. I maintain if there was a Big Ten championship game that Iowa not only would have beat the team that went on to win the national championship, I believe they would have beat them decidedly if they would have played, say, the first week in December, just the way that Iowa team was rolling at that point in time. Conversation we'll probably have sometime this summer. 2004, lost earlier in the year to Michigan. That was a game that Drew Tate lost his helmet, threw the ball and chucked it downfield. Lost that game 30-17. to 17. Went on, ran the table from there, and finished the year at 10-2. and two. That was a shared Big Ten title. And it really didn't have the tiebreaker. Last outright, we're going way back. The last outright title from Big Ten football. Well, you win it now 
with a conference championship game, they're all outright. They're all outright if you get it done there. At least that's the way it is considered by the Big Ten. I was going to get there. I was going to come in there. And if it's against Michigan, <laughs> Cade McNamara, that swagger, you know he's going to be ready. And he's going to rally the troops. And Iowa, after the embarrassment against the Wolverines two years ago, they're going to be there. Iowa with the embarrassment a year ago, what happened at Ohio State. That was not vintage Iowa football. I mean, that was that was about as bad as you're going to find. And the ineptitude of that day led to a lot of consternation towards the program. There's a real shot. And the reason that I think there's a shot, I, I like the price. I like the price when we're talking about betting here. We, yeah, we're talking about the regular season win totals and getting into all those, and, and we've certainly hit them a lot. Ohio State's the betting favorite, plus 165 to win the Big Ten championship game. Michigan, the second choice, plus 210. Penn State's 5-1. to one. There's Bucky at plus 650. 13-2. to two. I, I don't get it. And I went 14 to 1. You play this thing 14 times. I, I think I was winning a couple. I really do. I can't remember a year that I've been quite this high on Iowa football in a really long time. And it feels good. As they fall on their face, well, I think you guys all know I'm going to be just a little bit upset. We'll take our final time out coming back on the other side. Iowa baseball, big series. We preview it coming up here. And a change in the pitching rotation for the Hawkeyes. Brody Breck, no longer the Friday night starter. Talk about that and the conclusion of Iowa softball. Back in a moment with more Locked On Hawkeyes. Trent Connor back with you one final time on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. As we put a cap on things here, Iowa baseball. It's Michigan State, decent Michigan State team. Not elite level by any means, but they're pretty good. But the biggest thing about this is what the situation that Iowa puts themselves in going into the final stretch. And, and Iowa's been here a lot in recent years. We've talked about with you every day or that are with us, you know, 2017, the last time that I was made an NCAA tournament. But so many times in the interim, they've been on the bubble. And a lot of times here late in the year, there's that, st that, that stubbing of the toe that leaves them out. Here, there just isn't much wiggle room. Have to win this series against Michigan State. Michigan State's in the 80s in the RPI. Got to get a series victory at minimum. You're playing at home on top of it. Can't afford to lose this series. Take two and three, two of three, you're in good shape. And... You got to win your midweek game against UIC, a team that beat them earlier this season. And then Northwestern, the last season of the series of the regular season, Northwestern is so bad, you, you have to sweep them. So what it sets up in baseball, and it doesn't matter the level of baseball, but asking teams to do this, even at the collegiate level, to go out there and you got to win six of your final seven games to feel good at minimum going into Omaha. Look, they can still win the whole thing in Omaha and get to the NCAA tournament with the automatic bid. That's still going to be out there as long as they qualify and the wheels don't fall apart here the last two weeks. So then what's hanging over this baseball team? Rick Heller, he is one heck of a coach. Known Rick for a long time. Took a, a theory class for him back in college. Coaching theory class. Talked to him many times throughout the years. He knows what he's doing. But... Never had to deal with something like this. Players suspended. Lingering doubt. Will they come back? We don't know. 
there's a lot happening on that front. So, big series. Get it done. Now, I mentioned Brody Brecht. He was out there against number one LSU as Iowa pulled off the big victory in that one. He has been the Friday night starter, which is your number one in the way that it's broke down and the way it's set up in collegiate baseball. He's been the number one, and he no longer is. And the issue, and the same thing he ran into a bunch in high school when I called a bunch of his games, is control. And the control goes haywire, and for whatever reason, that million-dollar arm, $10 million arm, maybe someday $100 million arm, it, it gets off, and he struggles to get it back. And his command over the last, really, month has been brutal. It's always shaky. Control has never been one of the strengths of Brody Brecht. Got checking up there at 101. It could go wild. But it has gone to another level. So, A, two reasons for this. First, take a little of the pressure off. That Friday night starter, it's a big spot. Move him into the Sunday roll. But secondly, a couple extra days off in there, too. That could be something that I think Iowa baseball thinks can be beneficial for him and helping him along the way. So you got that part of it. Secondly, that moves both guys up. So you got Marcus Morgan. He'll make the start here on Friday night. Ty Lagenberg goes from Sunday up to the uh, Saturday starter. Another part, if Morgan or Langenberg has a really good start, gets a pretty good offensive team for Michigan State. But if they go out there and can throw a big 7-8 inning game, you get to Sunday. And if the bullpen is in pretty good shape, knowing right away with Brody Brecht, if he doesn't have it, we don't have to have the concern that you normally would with that Friday night starter of pulling him too early. Now, that means, again, at least one of those two guys has to have a really good game or both of them go out there, you know, throw six, seven innings. You're in good shape for Sunday. But I think at least something else to think about. Finally, Iowa softball sees their season come to a conclusion. It was a step in the right direction. After going 3-20 and a year ago in Big Ten play, they get back to the Big Ten tournament. They win a game with the win against Maryland for the first time since 2017. Coach Gillespie, it was a tall, tall task, but she did this, a team comprised of a ton of freshmen and sophomores. That is where the young talent is. Jalen Adams from Fort Dodge, the pitcher, she was outstanding this year. She is a building block for the future that you can be excited about. They're bringing in a couple of top 50 players uh, nationally coming in next season. The future is really bright for Iowa softball. And I remember those days way back when, yes, I was in school a million years ago, 25 years ago, and making my way over to Pearl Field and seeing some of those really good softball teams. We are maybe trending our way back, which would be a great thing to see. We have great softball played in this state. It's too bad that it cratered the way that it did, but it looks like Coach Gillespie has this thing headed in the right direction. Hey, have a great weekend. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. If you're an everydayer, let me know on the comments section on YouTube or on Twitter at Trent Condon. Always happy to be talking Hawkeyes with you. Big series. We'll recap it coming up on Monday. The latest on the gambling investigation. Does anything else happen over the weekend? We will get into that. Plus more Iowa football talk, Iowa basketball. They got anything more in the portal. A lot to still talk about. And we'll do it here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Go Hawks.